Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Barnyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. Man, it is a beautiful day here in Starkville. Not too warm, not too cool, not too windy. Awfully bright outside, so wear your sunglasses. But, man, I tell you what, it is a wonderful day here. Hope it's good weather wherever you are today. Before I get started, I want to uh, take a moment or two to thank some people. And uh, I do this from time to time on the show, but I was kind of overcome with this last night. I was thinking about there are so many people out there that are doing jobs that that either I was not called to do or cut out to do or, or, or just simply may not want to do. And I want to start with our military families, and uh, you guys know what uh, affection and respect I have for our uh, men and women of service, serving in foreign lands especially, and their families that, um, you know, that that sacrifice an awful lot for all of us. So, you know, we go to ball games and uh, complain about a lot of things that don't matter. But uh, so on behalf of us here at the Boneyard and my family and everybody else that I'm associated with, thank you. Thank you. When I see those uh, videos online, and I know you've all seen them, those viral videos of, uh, you know, men and women coming back from, uh, you know, from a tour or whatever and coming back home and surprising their kids, it gets to me every time. It does. Because I just think about, you know, how much I love my kids. And I get to see them, you know, most days. You know, my kids are a little bit older. I mean, I don't necessarily get to have them under the same roof very often. But, uh, but I'm in contact with my kids every day, every single day. And so I can only begin to imagine for those military families that are separated, especially for those young kids, because kids don't understand. You know, they do their best to understand. But uh, I saw one yesterday, and I can't remember who tweeted it, but um, it was a guy that surprised his son, and it's very emotional. You know, it's like you know, telling a little kid, telling him, Dad, how much I missed him. And those things always get to me, and I hope they always do. I hope it means something to you, too. And again, this time of year especially, there are a lot of people out there that will not be able to celebrate Christmas with their families. And so I thank you for your service, and I thank you for your, you know, for your sacrifice for our, for our great nation. And, uh, and, and I also salute your families for, uh, you know, for staying at home and, and kind of holding it together for you while you're out there fighting for our freedom. I also want to take some time to thank the American farmer. My dad worked for Farmer's Home Administration for 33 years under different, uh, you know, uh, you know, situations. We used to be called Farmer's Home, then it was called uh, Rural Development. And, but my dad had one job his entire life after he got out of Mississippi State, and that was working to, uh, to help our farmers in the state of Mississippi, help them afford homes and buy farms and farm equipment, anything they needed. My dad was involved in every bit of that. I'm very proud of that. Very proud to be from an ag family. My dad grew up on a dairy farm in Jones County, Mississippi, on Augusta Road, one of 13 kids. And so it is important to our family, uh, as, as the descendant of a farming family, I have a lot of respect for our farmers and their families. And listen, it isn't always so great. I mean, you know, sometimes we hear about these folks that have, you know, these 100-acre farms and, you know, they appear to be swimming in money, but most people aren't like that. You know, there's not a lot of people that are land barons out here in the state of Mississippi. They're people trying to make a living and help us feed our families. And so on behalf of sometimes an ungrateful population, to the American farmer, let me say thank you. Thank you very much. And finally, for all of our healthcare workers that are out there putting themselves at risk and at times putting their families at risk despite all the precautions in place, during this COVID crisis, there are many of our nurses and doctors that have contracted the virus, and many of them have been very ill and sick. But yet, they get up and go back and do a job that most of us don't want to do. There are many in the healthcare profession that go out and do home health and go into the homes of sick people that, uh, you know, perhaps they don't know the full medical history or what they're dealing with, but they do it anyway. And there is a heart in those people that I don't know that I possess. I believe that I am a good-hearted person, but I have such respect for people that work in our medical community. 
I have so much faith in the American medical community, and I know that at some point we're going to get this thing whipped. I know that. But until we do, there are a lot of people out there that are putting themselves, their health, their families at risk. And if nobody else has said it today, please allow me. Thank you. Thank you. Despite all the PPE and all the protocols and everything else, I understand there is some inherent risk with that job. And it would be very easy for you to wake up one day and say, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. You're talented enough, you're smart enough to do many other things, but you chose to go into the healthcare profession. So thank you from perhaps a very ungrateful nation at times. We don't take enough time to really celebrate our heroes. And I wanted to take some time today. I love everybody, but especially today, I want to point out our military families, our farming families, and our medical families. Thank you very much. Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of this show, Love going up there, love eating there, love getting food to go. That's one of the things, too, that I have kind of grown accustomed to here in the uh, the year 2020 is uh, curbside service. I don't know why I didn't take revenge of that before. There are a lot of times I don't, you know, sometimes I like to get out and just kind of enjoy going and eating a meal. And, you know, it's nice to be waited on. I mean, it is. It's nice to be able to just go sit down and somebody bring you your food and refill your drink and that sort of stuff. It's a cool thing. You can kind of focus on your company. There's no better place to do that than Bulldog Burger Company. But if you're not in the mood to go sit and chill and you're in a hurry and you just want to get a good meal and bring it home, you can't do any better in Bulldog Burger Company. Let me remind you, too, chances are you know somebody that could use a night out or you know a college student that is probably starving to death. Go to get to eatwithus, eatwithus.com, and you can order Bulldog Burger gift cards, and you can get, you know, for the whole family of restaurants there, you can get cards that can be used at, uh, you know, at the Grill or at Harvey's or, or at, uh, at Pepper's Deli. And so... I encourage you to do that, and also, too, it's, you're also uh, supporting a Golden Triangle merchant. It's always a great thing. Two locations of Bulldog Burger now to serve you right here on University Drive in Star Vegas, and they're on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. Since we were together last, Mississippi State has picked up a big in-state commitment. You guys should be well aware of this by now, but uh, John Lewis, linebacker, four-star linebacker, out of Germantown High School there in Gluckstadt, Mississippi. That's in a um, little bit in, in between Madison and Canton there, if you guys are unfamiliar. The Mavericks starting to produce some players. Got a couple for next year. I don't know that John Lewis isn't better than all of those guys, but uh, I think it's another thing, too, where you know Mississippi State has built a pedigree on defensive players, especially in-state. And as one astute observer pointed out, on a message board yesterday over at jeanspage.com, is it's incredible, despite the coaching changes, Mississippi State and Ole Miss both continue to kind of recruit who they are. Ole Miss continues to go out there and recruit and, and find a way to get, uh, you know, elite skill people. And Mississippi State still finds a way to get elite defenders. And if you look at what both teams have put into the league in recent years, it makes sense. That kind of becomes your pedigree. Let's talk more about John Lewis. Watched his film yesterday. You know, there are a lot of people that tackle you. There are a lot of people that will hit you. Uh, John Lewis will change your life and your love for the game of football. I mean, this is, this is a vicious, vicious hitter. You know, we've had some guys in the past that have been big hitters. You know, John Abram, of course, big hitter. Uh, you know, Jamar Chaney, big hitter. Montez Sweat at times, a big hitter. You know, but we've had some people that can dip their hips and really strike you and, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of – rock you off your equilibrium a little bit. John Lewis is of that same kind. really like this get a lot. Now, people say, well, Steve, I don't know a lot about John Lewis. Well, I understand. I've got a great friend that uh, is at Germantown, and uh, I've been hearing about John Lewis for the better part of a year. And there was some concern early on. They say, well, you know, he may end up having to go to junior college with nobody's grades, but I'm told that he's had a great fall and he's put himself in a great position and now expected to qualify. And so that's why you have seen – kind of this late rush of offers with him is because of the fact that um, he wasn't an unknown commodity, but he is a guy now that uh, is expected to make it. And so as a result, he has uh, picked up some Power 5 offers. Now, the first offer came from Holmes Community College. Then he got Central Arkansas, Jackson State. And then you think, okay, well, he's got a chance to play college football. Well, then the big boys came in. Florida State jumps in, Ole Miss, and then Mississippi State. And when Ole Miss offered, my contact down in Germantown said, hey, Steve, this is bad news for us because the kid really wants to go to Mississippi State. But if he has a chance to play SEC football in his home state and we're kind of reluctant to get involved, Ole Miss is probably going to get him. 
there were a lot of people that kind of were picking John Lewis on their crystal balls to go to uh, to Ole Miss. But the truth of the matter is John Lewis has actually been committed to Mississippi State for a few days now. He announced uh, Monday night, or excuse me, Tuesday morning. It was supposed to happen Monday night. It happens Tuesday morning. And uh, happened early enough that we could all kind of get up and enjoy our pancakes and, and, and sausage and feel good about the day. It ended up being a great day for Mississippi State. But taking a look at John Lewis's film, he is a long, rangy linebacker that understands the name of the game on defense is to go get the football. This linebacker class at Mississippi State has turned out to be something pretty serious. And I think John Lewis uh, might be the best of the bunch long term. He is 6'4", 225 pounds, and uh, a big-time player. This is a great late win for Mississippi State. That's one of the things that you think about. You know, we, we, I want to talk a little bit about what's happened in recruiting here in the past couple of weeks. You know, because Brandon Buckhalter, Mikael and Pounders, they're going to commit to Ole Miss pretty soon. Uh, Mississippi State, not really an option. I think uh, Brandon Buckhalter is going to announce tonight. Mississippi State has moved on. Mikael and Pounders, I think, is announcing on Thursday or so. Mississippi State's moved on. Uh, it'll be celebrated, you know, and listen, let's be honest. I mean, you know, if these guys have been solid with us, we would have signed them. But, uh, you know, we have taken some steps now to be a little more proactive. And it's incredible, too, that when you've taken – when you've deflated the, boon, the, the balloons of the carnival, uh, it doesn't look quite as festive, right? And that's kind of what's happened with this old Miss thing. There were a lot of things that, you know, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And they were setting some things up and going to have this big, you know, National Signing Day splash. And Mississippi State has kind of robbed them of some of that. That's not to say that they won't still have a good signing day. I still think Ole Miss will make a run uh, at the top 25. But be that as it may, you know, it's it's one thing to do it on signing day and then turn all the headlines and everybody's like, oh, we're in charge, look what we did. Well, Mississippi State has kind of decided, you know what, here's what we're going to do. You're going to have to let us know. We've got about 10 days to go, and you're going to let us know who's in, who's out. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing, the versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice, or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tecovis does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours too. Be sure and check them out. Tecovis believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom-fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year, managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup, putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever, sorry folks, and also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real life cheat code, saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explained the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with Smart Money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation 
Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You noticed there were some uh, graphics tweeted around yesterday. MJ Daniels, Teddy Knox, others said, I'm locked in. I'm shut down. I'm going to Mississippi State. It's a big part of things. Because here we are with a week to go, and, and, and if you're having to make a decision this late and you've had the full you know, two years to work through the recruiting process, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things you begin to think about, okay, well, you know, what have we been doing for the last year? Now, there are some guys, of course, that uh, had an elongated football season, and you kind of understand they wanted to focus on their season. You know, guys like Ty Cooper kind of come to mind. But there are some other guys out there that have kind of you know, played footsie and they've done the thing on the social media, you know, hat dance, that sort of stuff, and they've played the internet games. And if you've learned anything about Mike Leach in year one, it's this. Mike Leach is not about any foolishness. Mike Leach is not interested in recruiting more of what we just ran off. Does that make sense to you? It does to me. If we just went through and purged some malcontents and some high-maintenance people from the roster, why would we go and recruit some other ones? You know, what's interesting is, uh, you know, you talk to guys like Gabe Cavazos and Nick Jones and Carson Williams and others, and, uh, you know, when they made their commitment, you know, there was a little rush of activity afterwards, and people were like, hey, you know, listen now, you know, if something changes, we want to be in the mix with you. But they've shut it down. And there's, there's power in the word no, I go back to this years ago, a lesson I learned from uh, working with Scott Kennedy and Jamie Newberg. You may remember them. They founded Border Wars and the original rivals. And, uh, you know, Scott used to say, guys that are continuing to be recruited want to be recruited. It doesn't matter what they say. It matters what they do. They can say, oh, yeah, everything's fine. I love Mississippi State. But yet I'm going to go take an official visit to Ole Miss. Or, yeah, I'm solid with Mississippi State, but I'm still talking to uh, Alabama. You know, if you're solid, you're solid. I mean, that's just the reality of life. I mean, if you, if you come out and say, you know what, this is my decision, and it is final, and I have decided that I'm going to attend Mississippi State University, then there's no need to talk to anybody else. Now, I understand the nature of the recruiting process. There are some people that come back late. There's also uh, guys that, uh, you know, that they miss out on some players and then other needs emerge or they get a decommitment or perhaps a senior film comes along or a guy's transcript is better than anticipated and some new options come along. I, I get that. I understand that. And I think every one of these young people deserve to go to the best school they can possibly get into. I do. I think that the, the entire power in all this uh, lies with the student-athlete. Let's say, for an example, let's take a look at C.J. Johnson. It's a guy that Mississippi State people want a lot. Got committed to Navy in June. Well, he goes and has a tremendous senior season. Now, all of a sudden, you know, Florida State, Penn State, State, and Ole Miss, and many others have jumped in. So should he be saddled going to Navy? I don't think so. I think he ought to be able to make that choice. And so, you know, if, if we're okay with C.J. Johnson backing off that commitment because he feels that perhaps Mississippi State or another school is more in line with what he wants in an athletic and a- academic, uh, you know, experience on the college level, then he should have the right to do that. It's the same thing with, you know, Brandon Buckhalter and uh, McKaylin Pounders. If they think that the experience is going to be better at Ole Miss, then, hey, go do it. So that's the very nature of the process. You know, sometimes we get a little Mississippi State-centric. We think, okay, everybody that commits to Mississippi State should always stick with Mississippi State. And then all of a sudden we have a situation where a guy has a bad senior year or he has an off-the-field incident or perhaps he doesn't have a good senior season or he doesn't take care of things academically. And we decide as a university, as a football program, you know what, we're going to have to go get somebody else. So why should we be saddled with a player that perhaps we don't believe that helps us? And you say, well, you know, you shouldn't have committed him in the first place. Well, that's, uh, that's probably short-selling the process. It's a different deal. And so we're going to make some decisions, and we're going to drop some guys. Players are going to make decisions, and they're going to move on to other schools. And you know what? All of that is okay. It hurts a little bit. It stings a little bit, you know, because there are a lot of people out there that glean a lot of self-esteem from the success of their athletic programs that they support. It's one of the things I've, I've laughed and joked before about some of the Ole Miss stuff. You know, it's like there, there have been some kids in the past, they'll commit to Ole Miss and they'll have offers, you know, from 
Incarnate Word and uh, Liberty University and you know Bug Tussle Tech. And then you know by the end of the process, you know that that offer sheet has been padded. And all of a sudden, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, Notre Dame, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and everybody else wants this kid. Well, that doesn't make them any better. It just makes those people feel a little bit better and say, hey, look at who all we beat for this kid. It doesn't give him any more value as a player. He's not going to run any faster. He's not going to tackle any better. He's not going to you know, score any more touchdowns. Yeah, but some people alter that sort of stuff to make them feel better about the quality of the players that they're getting. I believe right now Mississippi State is signing a really good class. It could be the first top ten class in Mike Leach's career. How about that? Earlier in the year, some people would say, oh, that never happened. Well, State's right there. We're right there. I'm going to add several more commitments before now and the end of the process. We've got a chance to, to move solidly into the top 25. And there's going to be a lot of movement. There's going to be some other people uh, kind of grabbing it, grabbing at players. So they're going to be moving up too. So there will be some ebb and flow in the final rankings. But one of the things that I had a discussion with a good friend of mine about yesterday, he made a great point. When we hired Mike Leach to be our football coach, there was one thing we weren't worried about. That's offensive football. We knew long-term we're going to be good. We've had some growing pains this year, yes, probably more than we anticipated. But our two biggest concerns were defense and recruiting. Let's kind of take a moment to take that in a little bit. Let's take inventory about where we are. We've got a great defense, one of the best in the SEC, and to be fair, Zach Arnett does not have a typical Mississippi State talented defense, right? That's not to throw shade at any of our current players. But I don't know if there is a senior on this team that you look at and say they're definitely going to get drafted. Got some good players. We love Kobe Jones. He's the mayor. He's the leader of the football team. Marquis Spencer's shown some real flashes, taking him a while to get there and develop. But he's done a good job. Earl Thompson, very productive player, and I'm sure somebody will give him an opportunity but you don't look at him and say, you know what, that guy's a surefire first couple-day pick, maybe a you know, late, you know, mid-to-late rounder. And you've had some guys lead the program. Of course, Tyler Williams opts out. Chance he may come back. Marcus Murphy's opted out. Nathan Pickering's opted out. And so we haven't been especially talented on defense, but we've still been very good on defense. And if, if I had to kind of pick and choose which unit would struggle right now, I'd kind of be okay with the offense because I believe that Mike Leach will figure that out. I believe we figured some things out in recent weeks, and we're, I think we're close to reaping the benefits of that. And then you look at recruiting and the fact that we're knocking on the door to top 25. We were there. We made some adjustments to our class. Now we're going to replace those guys with other players that we feel can play in the Southeastern Conference. And recruiting is probably going to be the, one of the best classes Mike Leach, if not the best class Mike Leach ever signed. And so, again, our two biggest concerns, defense and recruiting, and we're actually doing really well in both. And then you think, okay, well, Mike Leach now has found his quarterback. He is beginning to stack some wide receiver classes together. Then I began to think about next year with a traditional 12-game schedule. You know, I think this is going to be a big, a good year for Mississippi State next year, a big step in the right direction. You hang on to Zach Arnett. You continue to recruit at the level you're recruiting. You start putting some top 25 classes together. And I don't know if you guys remember this. Dan Mullen only finished in top 25, I think, twice. I think he was 18 twice. You know, we won a lot of football games with classes in the 30s and the high 20s. And so we'll have an opportunity now to kind of move forward. And so, you know, we hadn't won as many football games as we should have, or we expected to. But I believe the foundation is being laid for success. You've got a superstar in Zach Arnett, and I remember when we hired him, some people were thinking, and there's so many of you that you listen, you put too much credence in the words of your old Miss fans, friends. You do. Oh, that guy's never even called plays before. That guy's too young. He's never even been a defensive coordinator before, except you know, he was just kind of the placeholder when Rocky Long was the head coach out there at San Diego State. You know, Rocky was the mastermind of that defense. It may be true, but you kind of short-sold Zach Arnett. Zach Arnett's a rock star, man. Look at what he's doing. Again, look at what he's doing 
with a group on defense that's shorthanded and not especially talented. Oh, Mike Leach can't recruit. You're going to see. Well, I mean, some of that had to do with the fact that he got, you know, he's at the most remote outpost in the Pac-12. Then he had the lowest budget in the Power Five. I mean, his recruiting department was Brittany Thackeray and Dave Emmerich. He shows up here. You keep Dave Emmerich and Brittany Thackeray, but then there's Brad Peterson and Mike Villagrana. Uh, there's Rod Gibson. There's Mason Smith and many others. You got a full graphics department. All of a sudden, those same talented individuals that were doing it all at Washington State have a lot more resources. They have more help. And as a result, they're yielding better results. And so if I had to kind of pick and choose and say, you know what, hey, we, we, we've got to do this better, we've got to do this better, give me offense because Mike Leach is one of the greatest offensive minds in the game. Guy's going to figure it out. He's always done it. He'll do it again here. But the fact that our defense is ahead of the offense and ours are recruiting is ahead of expectations, I think that, you know, there are some things I can look at this year and say, you know what, we're going to be okay. All right, let's talk uh, top ten list here. Brought to you by the folks at my book. You guys are familiar with them. They've been with me a long time. Here's the deal with my bookie. And uh, they're always giving you some incentive to join their giveaways and things like that that they have throughout the year. And uh, it looks like Santa, Chris Kringle has gotten our Christmas wish letters because we're going to get NBA and NFL action on Christmas Day this year. It's really cool. The best place to bet on them both is going to be at my bookie. There's the only sports book that doesn't really care whether you're naughty or nice this year. they got gifts for everybody. And for some of us, we've been naughtier than others, so we need somebody to kind of throw us a bone here. Sign up today and receive the ultimate stocking stuffer. You get a chance to win up to $1,000 in bonus cash for free. That's a great place to start, but we all know Christmas about what's under the tree, and this year my book is giving you not one, not two, but six days of giveaways. You heard that right. From December 22nd, to the 26th they're hooking up players with deals and promotions so exciting we can't even talk about them on the show they've sworn us to secrecy you can find out yourself you have to sign up and see what they are it's simple sign up enter promo code boneyard and get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks you heard that right you deposit a thousand bucks they're going to give you 500 hours worth of free money to play with too you're already playing with house money right out of the gate Head over to my bookie to make it the most of the holidays this year with six days of giveaways. This winter, bet with the best, bet with my bookie. Again, it's promo code Boneyard. So a lot of you guys have sent suggestions, and uh, some of them I have filed away and said, hey, I need to do that, I need to do that. And a lot of them are repeats, too. Somebody says, hey, Steve, let's do, uh, you know, let, let's do Led Zeppelin again or whatever. And so I've already done those, so I guess you've missed those shows. But we have never done the King of Pop. I've had a couple of people mention Michael Jackson to me. And I think at some point we've all been fans of Michael Jackson. And so, uh, at least the music of Michael Jackson anyway. One of the greatest performers of all time. And so, here are our honorable mentions. And these are from the solo career of Michael Jackson. This doesn't include any Jackson 5 stuff. Honorable mentions. PYT, Pretty Young Thing. Thriller, Better Video Than Song. Black or White, Incredible Video. Very kind of revolutionary for its time. Human Nature, Off the Wall, She's Out of My Life, and Jam. And Jam nearly made the top ten. That's the video with Michael Jordan and there, you know, Mike Jackson's trying to teach Jordan how to dance, and Jordan's trying to teach him about basketball. And it's kind of interesting. Chris Cross is in it, Heavy D and the boys. Cool little video. It's like seven minutes long. I watched it a little bit earlier today. All right, so here we go. My top ten Michael Jackson songs. You may have never heard, thought you'd hear me say that, but that's the truth. We're well-versed here on the show, pretty well-rounded. Try to get to everybody. I think everybody at some point has, uh, has enjoyed some Michael Jackson. Going back to the very early years of Michael Jackson's solo career, it's <clears throat> Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. I remember being a kid, living with my grandparents, <clears throat> and my Uncle Warren had that off-the-wall album, and it was the coolest thing. It's a great thing to be able to listen to those Michael Jackson songs whenever I wanted to. And, um, you know, that's probably when the... Uh, the dancing bug hit me, you know, back in my grandparents' house listening to uh, early Michael Jackson albums. But uh, number nine on the list, it's been covered a few times, but it's a tremendous original. It's Smooth Criminal. Great video, and that's one of the things Michael Jackson was so far ahead of the game on, is his people made his videos more than just performance. They were spectacles, in some cases, short movies. Uh, number eight, also from the old school, Want to be starting something. 
Number seven, one of the more rocking songs in the Michael Jackson catalog, it's Dirty Diana. Recently covered by Shaman's Harvest. Did a good job on that. Had a single with that. Number six, Remember the Time. That's one of those videos, too, that seems like it took, takes forever. It's pretty cool. You can find it on YouTube. Remember the Time. It's a great tune, too. Not just about video performance, that sort of stuff. Remember the Time. Uh, we fell in love. Number five, probably the first big solo hit for Michael Jackson's Rock With You. Great harmonies on that one. I mean, just good, solid music. Number four, and this is when, uh, you know, Michael Jackson was trying to kind of shake that uh, teen heartthrob type image, and uh, they come up with bad. And I don't know if you know this, but, you know, Wesley Snipes and those guys are in the video. And, uh, again, it's kind of cool. But uh, the song itself was great. The album was good. Number three, the best Michael Jackson ballad, Words for All of Us to Live By, Man in the Mirror. I remember even you know, being a young person when that song would come on, it hit me a little bit emotionally. You know, because you begin to think about all the change in the world. And uh, it's one of the things that I've learned over life is that um, everybody wants change. They just don't want to be the change. Everybody wants things to improve, but they don't want to take any steps for self-improvement. I mean, and I hate to paint with such a broad brush, but you kind of understand the sentiment. And that's why I think that song resonates with so many people. It's like, you know, there's so many things wrong in the world. I can't change the world, but I can change myself, and I can probably change some things in, you know, in my community or in my household, and I can make a difference there. You know, I can't end world hunger, but I can go work in a soup kitchen or I can give some money to an extra table did that this weekend as a matter of fact not to praise myself but to encourage you to do the same extra table a great nonprofit in the state of mississippi that will feed hundreds and hundreds of people with your money i encourage you visit them at extra table you can google extra table uh they're helping mississippians and you can pick a food kitchen or a pantry uh, in your neck of the woods and make sure those funds are kind of allocated in that direction we can't, again, we can't end world hunger, but we can maybe feed some Mississippians around us. So I encourage you to do that. It wasn't planned today. It just kind of popped up. Number two, beat it. A lot of people had this number one, I'm sure. And Eddie Van Halen, of course, uh, plays the guitar solo on this. And I understand he did it like in one take. Like he shows up and just knocks it out and he's done. And a lot of people don't know that Eddie Van Halen plays that guitar solo, but he does. Beat It was a huge hit for Michael Jackson. It was, you know, everybody wanted to wear those jackets after the video. But number one, and I think it's got to be Billie Jean. It has to be. That's the one that uh, at the American Music Awards that uh, he did the moonwalk, and when he did it, we thought he was an alien. We're like, what in the world? We've never seen anything like this before. Michael Jackson, an electrifying performer. Billie Jean was also covered pretty well by Chris Cornell, if you're looking for that. I know you guys did covers. But that's a top 10 Michael Jackson songs. I do think Billie Jean's the way to go. That's yeah, a song, of course, about, uh, you know, it's, uh, I guess about a kid that uh, it's not his, you know. It's part of the deal. I'm glad it's not the life that I have to live. But that's it. If you have ideas for the top 10, let's reach out. Let me know. I'm always happy to talk some music with you guys and look forward to uh, doing some other things, too. Got some things planned for Christmas week, too. How cool would that be? We'll do some Christmas stuff Christmas week. I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a heads up, too. There will be no Friday Boneyard. There will be no Christmas Day Boneyard. There will be a Boneyard this Friday, but there will not be one um, <clears throat> in uh, two weeks. We're going to take the, that time off to enjoy the holiday, and you should as well. So we'll be on hiatus for Christmas Day. Give you plenty of time to think about your top 10 list suggestions. Campus Book Mart helping you do the uh, last-minute Christmas shopping. Online shopping is a way to go for many people these days. Maybe you're being a little bit COVID cautious. Campus Book Mart is here to help. You can visit them at campusbookmart.net and peruse their fine maroon and white selections. They've got everything you need from novelty items to things for your home, your RV, your office. For all the Bulldogs on your list, they've got it right there. Campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50. Absolutely incomplete. We'd love it if you could make it to town, spend some money locally, and go by and see Stand and Man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. But if you can't, visit them again at campusbookmart.net. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's get into some more recruiting stuff. Because right now, okay, Steve, we got a commitment. I want another one. And that's the thing about that. When, when things get rolling, you want things to keep rolling, right? All right, as you guys are aware, State picked up a commitment from Albert Reese, offensive lineman out of Clearwater, Florida, last week. He and his uncle took an unofficial to visit the campus over the weekend just to kind of check things out. Can't meet with his staff, can't take any tours, but they can come kind of get a feel of the environment in the town. Albert Reese, good to go. Now, four offensive linemen are all committed. All four expected to sign. All four will be January enrollees. That's Gabe Cavazos, Nick Jones, Carson Williams, and now Albert Reese. With McKellen Pounders reopening his recruitment, Mississippi State, he going in two different directions. Expected him to go to Ole Miss uh, when it's all said and done, and that's cool too. Uh, State's going to sign one more offensive lineman. State has been involved with Austin Barber from Jacksonville, Florida, for a few weeks now. We're expecting him to wait out the process and sign in February. He is going to play in a state championship game this weekend. He and his family haven't had a chance to get out do a lot of traveling, that sort of stuff. And so he's going to get to a state championship, and we understand now that he is leaning towards waiting to sign in February. Now, if you're Mississippi State, you got to think, well, I can't afford to wait on him. If I can find somebody of comparable ability, i got to make a move now. So if you don't find what you want in the next week, and, of course, there are some guys out there like Cannon Boone that Mississippi State's been in contact with. He's currently committed to Virginia Tech. But there is some wiggle room in that decision. If you get Cannon Boone, you take him, you're done. If you can't get Cannon Boone, I don't think you're going to go take a JAG Corps guy. And what I mean by JAG Corps, that's an industry term, right? JAG meaning J-A-G, just another guy. We don't need a warm body. We're not going to go out and sign an offensive lineman just to go get a guy that can, you know, hold the tackling dummy while we work through drills. We're trying to find guys that can be difference makers here at Mississippi State. So, we're not just going to go get a warm body. Now, there's a guy, Nathan Simmons, that we've talked about recently. He's very raw. He's long, physical, athletic, but he's a little bit behind the curve. And so you take a guy like him. Maybe you take him as your fifth guy. Currently uh, committed to Tennessee Tech. Yeah, I think you might be able to do better. Not to say I wouldn't take Simmons, but I think, you know what, I might even wait and see if I couldn't get a grad transfer or maybe find something else out there late. I don't think you make that decision on Nathan Simmons in December. You know, I think if you really want him, uh, you know, maybe you'd let him play it out to February. He's talking about signing next week. Maybe you can talk him out of that and saying, you know what, hey, kid, if you wait to February, your, your options are going to open up for you, and you're not going to be stuck going to Tennessee Tech. But the flip side of that is you say, hey, Steve, do we really want an offensive lineman that's going to Tennessee Tech? It's a good question. Those are the things that I think about. He's a developmental guy, but is, is he so far behind the developmental pipeline that uh, other people don't see potential in him? Because you and I both know offensive line recruiting is all about potential. You find the size and you find the stature and you find the academics and you kind of teach the rest. Because let's be honest, a lot of these guys in high school don't learn any technique. They're just kind of getting by on bullying other kids. They're getting by on being bigger, not necessarily better. And so you've got to look at those guys and say, okay, is this a big guy that can learn? Is this a big guy that can move his feet? Is this a big guy that can handle these wide splits that we have? Those are the questions that Mason Miller has to answer. So I can't tell you at this point who I expect it to be. I would say right now it's likely not Austin Barber. I, if I had to call, I would say there's a better chance with Ken and Boone than Austin Barber. Don't know what's going to happen here in the next week or so, but uh, – that's the name I'm kind of watching right now. Again, I'm not projecting him to be part of the class yet, but I won't be surprised if he is in the class. Running back, you guys know we uh, moved on from Marion Howard here recently. I really like Amarion. He's a good kid. I really do. And I, and I hope that he finds a good place. I could see him going to a place like Southern Miss or uh, even a place like Louisiana Tech and doing well there. 
He's a one-cut runner, and he runs hard behind his pads, and that's not necessarily what we want. He'd have been a good Dan Mullen running back and possibly a good Jim Moorhead running back. I just don't know that his skill set fits what we expect out of the running back position anymore. Jarquez Hunter appears to be the prospect of interest there. Of course, State has offered some other guys here in recent days at running back. And, of course, if you can find the difference maker, you're going to take one. But running back recruiting is going to be a lot different than what you're used to. You know, we're not going to go get those guys that are expecting to get 25 carries a game. We can go get some guys that are good receivers out of the backfield. They're like, you know what, hey, I'd much rather catch the ball in space you know, five, six, seven, eight times a game than have to go, uh, you know, run up between the tackles 25 times a game. Then the wear and tear on the running back, of course, is somewhat diminished by the fact that you can let them play in space. And so you're probably going to go out there and look for some all-purpose backs, not necessarily guys that, uh, you know, one-cut runners or guys that are just necessarily between the tackles guys. Jarquez Hunter fits that. Now, a lot of people said, well, I don't know if Hunter has the best vision you know, in this offense, I think that when he his ability to catch the football and his work ethic, I think that he is a guy that can handle the load of running the football and catching out of the backfield. To me, it makes sense. And I think for a while, until State really kind of establishes an identity with running backs, that that's what we're going to have to do. We're probably going to have to recruit the best in-state running back we can get. And thankfully, next year, there's already a couple that we've offered. And so even if we split with Ole Miss, we can kind of fill that need with an in-state kid. And I think a lot of the, I think you're more likely to sign an in-state running back until you have been able to show long-term how you plan to utilize a running back position. I don't think you're going to go into Alabama or Georgia and beat anybody of note for a running back in this scheme at this point. Wide receiver, you know, we've got four. Radarius Thomas is one that I am somewhat concerned about. Radarius Thomas, of course, uh, former South Carolina commit. Shane Beamer's there, and I understand that staff's already working, trying to get him back. Not exactly sure which way that's going to go. Malik Neighbors, of course, yesterday his mom and his trainer both uh, post on social media that he's locked in. Uh, Listen, I think it's trending that direction. I will feel a lot better when he does it, when he shares it on social media. And I know maybe I'm being petty, maybe I'm being paranoid, but it's one of those things, well, the mom did it and the trainer did it. I get it. That makes me feel good. But I'll feel a whole lot better when he does it. And we're talking seven days now. And listen, LSU, you got, that's the thing, you know, the casual recruiting fan doesn't understand. It's, well, Miss does their best recruiting in a dead period. Well, it's been a dead period now for nine months. LSU probably does as good a job as anybody in the country down the stretch. And so we'll see what happens with uh, Malik Neighbors. I think we're okay today. I think Teddy Knox sticking is big. I think Malik Neighbors kind of sees that. And I think the, the chance for him to get on the field early uh, is helpful. I think also, too, with all of the uh, turmoil at LSU, and there, listen, there's, there's some people in and around Baton Rouge that want Ed Orgeron going now. They don't care how the rest of the season plays out. They don't care about next year. They don't care about a redemptive year. They don't care about rebuilding this year. You know, I think it was Matt Muscona yesterday that shared uh, the most points Alabama has ever scored against LSU in a game came this year, and that was a very merciful 59 points. Alabama pulled everybody in the fourth quarter. They could have easily run the score up even more. Auburn, the biggest margin of victory in the series. Not to forget the fact that Mississippi State went up there and spanked them the, the first week. And then they give up, you know, a ton of yards and points to Missouri. You know, it's an embarrassing season, and everybody says, well, you know, you've had the opt-outs and the transfers, and you've had all this, you lost a bunch of guys in the NFL. And every bit of that is true. And I think everybody outside of Louisiana expected LSU to take a step back, a pretty sizable step back. But it's worse than I think everybody anticipated. And then you tie in all these Title IX things, you know, all the, you know, the talk about the Darius guys, uh, allegations of sexual assault and, and others. And some of that, of course, uh, you know, they're suggesting this uh, link to the coaching staff there. Not that they participated, but they had knowledge of these incidents and uh, did not take appropriate action. And so there are some people down there that I know of note that are hoping that they can find a way to fire Ed Orgeron for cause. Now, I'm sure they'll want to get through signing day, and I'm sure that is a concern in the mind of Malik Neighbors. It's okay, what if I flip to LSU and they fire Coach O and all the coaches that I know are gone and then they bring in a new staff and they change the scheme and I don't fit and I don't have a relationship and I don't like the new coaches. These are the things that turn boys to men, right? All right, so Antonio Harmon, 
you know, we have talked about him some. Antonio Harmon is expected to announce his commitment to Mississippi State on Monday. He was the guy that, and we've talked about this on the show before. If Joe Moorhead was still the coach at Mississippi State, your wide receiver group would be Jacoby Moore, Antonio Harmon, Canarius Johnson, and then probably another in-state kid. Or maybe, maybe Teddy Knox, because, you know, Mason Smith was still here. And we would feel great about life. We'd be like, you know what, we are killing all mess. We're getting all these big in-state recruiters. Maybe you get Isaiah Brevard. I don't know. Joe got him to go to Oregon, right? I can certainly think if he could get him to go to Eugene, Oregon, he could get him to go to Starkville, Mississippi. But we would have loaded up on these in-state receivers and felt great about life. Antonio Harmon would already be a Bulldog. Come Monday, which we expect to happen, unless something changes over the weekend. And I've, I've read some people say, well, you know, I don't know about his foot speed. You know, listen, Bear Wilson ran a 4.85 at the NFL Combine. You know, guys, we're going against a lot of eight-drop zones. You, you, Antonio Harmon's not going to go below the top off a of defense. It's like I read some of these things sometimes. People say, Steve, I don't understand why we just don't throw the ball deep. And, and I, I begin to kind of scratch my head, and I feel sorry for you. I mean, you understand that the, the, that the job of the two deep safeties in the zone is to prevent anybody from getting over the top. That's their gig. You're not going to go up there and blow the top off an eight-man zone. They're, they're basically in a prevent defense plus, right? I mean, you know, the, the, the coverage isn't quite so lax. And so you're going to have to have some guys that can kind of handle those curl routes and those underneath routes and be able to kind of catch a ball and fall forward. As I've said it on the show, it's a zone buster. That's what Antonio Harmon is. He is a legitimate 4-7-ish type guy. I've told that he's run, you know, in the high four sixes before. And for a guy his size, that's fine. We're not putting a track team together. We're trying to play football, okay? And so if Steve Spurrier Jr., once Antonio Harmon, that's good enough for me. We're not conducting a Twitter poll. We're not going to get out here and poll our membership and say, hey, what do you think? What do you think? If Steve Spurrier Jr. wants him, that's good enough for me. Okay, Steve Spurrier Jr. has been around a lot of football and a lot of wide receivers. And that's the thing you begin to think about, too, is if it, what if neighbors flips? What if Darius Thomas goes back to South Carolina? Well, we've got to have some other opportunities at wide receiver. We can't go into signing day and not have four wide receivers. We can't. We might take a fifth one as the best available, right? I honestly believe for in order for Canarius Johnson from Laurel to end up in the class, we're probably going to have to lose somebody. And so, you know, I think those are the things you look for. You know, what happens you know, if this, what? You know, like they used to teach us in computer programming. If, then, what? Those were the rules, right? On the defensive side of the football, I told you guys how much I like this linebacker class. Let's run that down just a little bit here because I think, you know, I don't know if a lot of our fans kind of fully appreciate these linebackers that we have. And then we'll get to defensive ends and D-backs and that sort of stuff. Okay, so let's talk uh, linebackers. Deshaun Page, we flipped him from Texas Tech. There's so many people that say, we never flip anybody. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So we flipped Deshaun Page from Texas Tech. He's out of East Mississippi. That's a guy we expect to come in and play uh, next year. Devonta Q. Strong is an inside linebacker, originally from uh, Scott Central down at Perk. Uh, we're having a fight LSU off for him. He's a really good player. Six foot, 230, kind of like an Errol Thompson clone. Like him a lot, but he's added some big offers here as of late. I expect us to hang on to him, but uh, it is still a fight. Tamar Rogers out of uh, Deland, Florida. Wasn't really high on him. We committed him, but his senior film was much better. He and Mazo Williams are good friends. Mazo Williams has been processed out of the class. Tamar expects to uh, sign with Mississippi State next week. That's a good job of recruiting by Matt Brock to kind of keep him engaged there. Nick Mitchell out of Mandarin, High school in Jacksonville, Florida, we flipped him from Temple. And you say, well, Steve, we should. Yeah, but, I mean, the narrative is we never flip anybody. It always goes the other way. So we got Nick Mitchell coming in. And then you begin to think about, okay, you got your big boy, John. John Lewis. Open the show talking about him. Big-time player, to say the least. Excited about his future. So, 
you've got some immediate contributors coming in, and you've got some developmental guys coming in. But this is a linebacker class that is really, really strong. And when you begin to think about, you know, positionally, you've got, you know, 18 commitments, and you've got a couple transfers coming in. I think you can feel good about how we've addressed our needs at linebacker. Didn't necessarily do it last year. We've done it so far this year. All right, let's talk defensive ends. So you've got Randy Charlton coming in from Central Florida as a transfer, and you've got Trevon Marshall uh, coming in. I could see him bulking up and sliding inside. We're not taking a true defensive tackle in this class. Uh, but I, I think, you know, Marshall would might be a little bit undersized to play on the nose long term, but I could see him as a, uh, you know, as a five-tech type guy. But we got to go out and get a couple more DNs. And so a lot of people are like, well, Steve, what are we going to do? Well, you know, I would say if we get two of the three priority candidates, and there's some other names out there, but the main three we're talking about, Ty Cooper from Louisville, it looks like right now State's got a little bit of a lead. But I have learned not to trust that because there's been so much ebb and the flow in that process with him. It's been back and forth. And listen, I give Deke Adams and Ole Miss a lot of credit for making it interesting because he probably should have been committed to Mississippi State a long time ago. I think the kid is just having a tough time telling Deke no. He's also having a tough time telling Deke yes. I understand the family wants him at Mississippi State. They're not going to force the issue, but they have expressed their feelings. They would really like for him to be a Bulldog. This is a guy that grew up uh, you know, coming to ballgames up here and uh, cheering for Mississippi State. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I still expect him in the class, but it's one of those things, too, if he doesn't come, it's not going to be a shock. Then there is Deontay Anderson out of Fort Meade. Really like him a lot. Long rangey guy. He's got to bulk up. Probably needs a year, year and a half in a weight room to really be a difference maker. But uh, you know, he's a guy. The way that we use our ends, you know, he's a guy you can stand up and have him really chase the pasture. Really, really like him. And there's Byron Turner, currently committed to Florida State from St. Augustine High School there in New Orleans. It's a very rich program. They've produced a ton of players over the years. So he comes from good stock in that respect. Um, And so we'll see how things develop with him. State has been on him. He was not really focused on recruiting because he was trying to win a state championship. They were eliminated last weekend for the Louisiana High School State playoffs. And so now he's thinking about his future. Now I was told if they continued to play into December that he was going to wait and sign in February because they wanted to get out and go see a few places. Mississippi State being one of them. So we'll see how that develops. But I, if you ask me, if State gets two of those three to go along with Randy Charlton and Trevon Marshall, I think they've done really well on the defensive line, considering that there's really only one Power 5 defensive lineman in the state of Mississippi this year. And you go out of state, you get a couple of other guys, I think you can feel really good about that. Ty Cooper, of course, the only in-state guy. Uh, that's a power five guy on the defensive line. And everybody's known it. He is the best defensive lineman in the state of Mississippi. And so you get him, you get Deontay Anderson or Byron Turner to go with these guys. And I think, you know what, you can look back and say, you know what, all things considered, we did right well at the defensive line. Not expected to sign a true defensive tackle in this class. And nor should we. We're running a 3-4, a 3-3-5 alignment. And um, you got Cam Young, Nathan Pickering, Jaden Cromedy and others, you know, next year will be different. I don't, need, don't think there's any point in loading down the roster when you've probably got, uh, you know, half a dozen potential Power 5 defensive line candidates in the state of Mississippi next year. Jaheim Otis from my hometown in my high school. I have, I have him as the number one prospect in the state of Mississippi next year. Not just because I'm biased, but because he is a monster. He's better than McKinley Jackson. And you guys know what I thought about McKinley Jackson. McKinley a little bit undersized. Jaheim Otis is a gregarious, intelligent, explosive personality and football player. If he stays healthy, he will be in the National Football League. There is no doubt that we're going to have to fight off everybody in the country to get him. But I don't think you go take a body this year and then short sell yourself next year. When you go, you're not having to spend a year of eligibility this year on Crumberty and those guys – it affords you some time to be a little bit patient, especially with the D-tackle position. All right, looking at the uh, defensive backs, uh, Jaden Wiley, pardon me, Justin Wiley, Jaden's younger brother, he's a guy that I've expected to be in the class all along. He made a surprise commis- commitment to Minnesota. 
He announced yesterday he plans to sign on with Minnesota, which in many ways kind of blows my mind, to be honest. I'm not totally surprised he's not coming to Mississippi State. I'm surprised he's going to Minnesota. I was told last night he wants to do his own thing, but he doesn't want to play against his brother. You know, to me, with Jaden playing offense and Justin playing defense, you could do your own thing even at the same school. But that's his decision. And uh, I will say I have a certain amount of respect for the fact that you know what? He made an unpopular decision, but he stuck with it. He's had some convictions. Says, you know what? This is what I want to go do. And you know what? I, I have some respect for that. It's Mississippi State's loss, and I think in some respects it's Justin Wally's loss that he won't be a part of this and, you know, be a great experience for he and his family. But, you know, he has to make an adult decision for himself for the first time. He has made it. He has stuck with it. I can respect that. I don't know if C.J. Johnson will sign next week. I hope so. He has talked about waiting to sign in February, and I really don't know the thinking behind that decision. But C.J. Johnson from French Camp could be a corner, more than likely a safety, tremendous athlete, undervalued as a prospect. His offer sheet has exploded. We expect him to move up in the rankings here very, very soon. Uh, I do expect him to be a Bulldog. He's been attending Mississippi State games since he was seven years old. Jadarius Perkins recently decommitted from Oregon State, has really pushed and pushed and pushed. State's never given up on him. Ole Miss is on him a little bit too. Oklahoma, Alabama to a lesser extent. I'm told the top two are State and Oklahoma. Uh, of course, he's got some friends heading here from Gulf Coast to be a part of all this. And so I, I give our staff credit for never giving up on him. I never thought he was going to go to Oregon. And to be fair, I thought the same thing of Justin Wiley in Minnesota, but I never thought – he would go all the way to Oregon, especially with all that's going on in the world. You know, there, there are a lot of times our young people, you know, when they leave the region, they might as well be leaving the country, you know, because it's just difficult to get back home. It's difficult for their family to get to them. And going all the way to Oregon, the Pacific Northwest, you know, you're a kid from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, uh, you're not going to be able to come home very often, for sure. So you're going to have to wash all your clothes yourself. Um, Jonathan Alexander is a guy from Kansas State. It's a grad transfer. We've talked about him. I get the sense this Perkins-Alexander thing could end up being an either-or. There's still some moving parts to that. But it could be some either-or. A lot of it's going to depend on who all wants to come. You're not going to turn down good players. Now, State can sign 26 in the class. We get this question a lot. Well, what, with all these opt-outs, can we sign more? No. The annual allotment is 25. We have one left for 2020 that we'll spend on a JUCO mid-year guy, and then we're going to have 25 for 2021. We're going to sign 26 kids. That's what we're going to do. That's just how life works. Those are the rules. So we're going to sign 26. And transfers count. Any first-year player in your program that goes on scholarship counts in your initial counters. That's, that's the rules. I don't make them up. I'm just here to explain them because I get that question every single day. It doesn't matter if it's on social media or at the message boards or at the gas station or at the Starville Cafe. There's always somebody asking me, if we sign these 26 kids, how many transfers can we sign in, in after spring? Zero. Zero. That's how many you can sign. But you've got Randy Charlton coming in. He's a transfer, Right. You may go out and get some junior college guys to transfer in, but uh, it's not going to be what you think. And you know what? Come next week, we may elect not to sign the full 26. So we might decide to hold one or two spots and see what happens in February or later. We'll just kind of see how things play out. But I don't think we're going to sign 26 kids on Wednesday. I don't. It'd be great if we did, but I don't think that's the case. Um, so that's kind of how I see that. No specialists in this class either. And I uh, spoke to Brandon Ruiz last night, their media. There's a possibility he might be back next year. You know, he wanted to get into the NBA program and things didn't work out the way that he wanted to. But uh, he's considered maybe coming back for another year. And wouldn't that be a great weapon for Mississippi State to have that guy back? We've almost taken him for granted. Man, he's one of the best kickers we have ever had. And for him to come back and get a free year of education and free year of eligibility and finish up his MBA and then have an opportunity to, to play another year of college football, how cool would that be? That'd be great. Reminds you, our good friends at Portico, you know Brooks Bryan. You guys know Brooks. Brooks has uh, been with us a long time, man. Brooks and I have uh, kind of become friends here later in life. I guess as we've gotten older and grayer, we've, uh, we talk a little more. But uh, Brooks has got a great opportunity for you if you're looking to relocate to Starkville or within the city of Starkville. It's a great place just right out of town. 
called Portico, located just off Garrett Road behind the Hilton Garden Inn and the Cryford Jeep dealership. It's just over a mile from campus, easy access to 82 and 25. It's not going to be a major development to the point that all the houses are going to be built on top of each other, but it is going to be a neighborhood, 51 houses total, 18 in the first phase, 33 in the second phase. That'll begin next year. And then these houses are going to be able to accommodate any size family. I mean, within reason. Yeah, come on. Houses are going to be from 1,300 to 2,000 square feet, from two-bedroom, two-bath, up to four-bedroom, four-bath. Portico includes a walking trail and a pavilion area. Brooks Bryan, you know Brooks. You know Brooks, former Diamond Dog. And I, and I hate to even say it that way. Brooks is a big part of why we went to Omaha. You can contact Brooks to get more, more of your questions answered about Portico. We want you to live here in Stark, but we really want you to come up here and be a part of our family. You can call Brooks at 601 416 8075. And you know what? He'll even talk to you about playing baseball in Mississippi State. Those are always good stories. All right, so let me update you too on some things before I get out of here. We're gonna so this week is uh is a busy week uh for me. The rest of the week uh is very busy. And so uh let me give you the schedule here. So Thursday, which is tomorrow, from twelve to two, I'll be at the Bulldog Shop in Meridian, downtown Meridian, twelve to two. On Friday, I'm going to be back in my hometown at the flower shop in Columbia. They're doing the big lights, extravaganza, the Christmas lights thing down there. I've never seen it. It's my hometown. It's a shame. They've only been doing it a couple years. But I'm going to go down there and be a part of those festivities. So in Columbia, Mississippi, from 4 until Friday night at the flower shop right off downtown in Columbia. Come by and get signed books. And then Saturday, I'll be at the Lodge. That'll be in the afternoon. We'll give you some uh, more details on that Friday. But uh, you know, with the game being 6.30 on Saturday, you know, I'll be there most of the afternoons. So you can come by and say hello. And, and that's one of the things. A lot, I get messages every single day. I'm not complaining. But people say, hey, Steve, I've waited the last minute. Where and how can I get a personalized copy of, of your books if I can't make it to a book signing? Very simple. Go to alphadogsthebook.com. That's A-L-P-H-A-D-A-W-G-S, thebook.com. And you can get Flim Flam, Stark Villains, and Alpha Dogs. That one link takes you to all the same places. And if you're looking for something cool and unique, go to starkvillains.com, and you can order some Stark Villains gear. You can get T-shirts, hoodies, everything you need right there at starkvillains.com. And that's that. listen, that's locally owned and operated, too. Like, all those shirts are, are printed and sold and shipped from right here in Starkville. Got great partners here to handle all that stuff. And uh, I encourage people to buy local. And so if you're looking for something cool for a Mississippi State fan on your list, that's the way to go. All right. So Mississippi State men's basketball wins ball game last night. It was a bit of a struggle, as you guys are aware. But uh, listen, we did what we were supposed to do in the second half. And with a young team, you're going to have some up and down with all this. But the, the, the bigger part of all this, State has now won three in a row. 82-59 winners last night. And, yeah, it was kind of nip-tuck at the half, as you guys are well aware. I know I saw your comments on social media. I felt the same way. Stayed up just 34-30 at the break and then 48-29 to in the second half to pull away. Uh, looking at the numbers here real quickly for you from last night. We're a different team with Iverson Molinar on the floor. We all expected that. 21 points for him, 5 of 7 from three-point line. Uh, if he's going to hit at that kind of clip, we're going to win some games. Tulu Smith back in double digits again, 19 points. DJ Stewart with 11. Abdul will do with four, but also pulled down eight rebounds and uh, had a block shot as well. And then coming off the bench, JV and Davis pitches in 11. So we're beginning to settle a little bit. And, uh, again, you know, you look at those first two games that we lost and you realize Iverson Molinar wasn't a part of the team at that point. You know, he was on the team, but he was not available uh, for Coach Ben Howen. And so, again – I think it's going to be a transition year, and I, my hope is we can get anywhere close to 500 in conference, uh, we can feel pretty good about life. But looking at these non-conference things, you know, we're going to be on the road this weekend. Uh, morning basketball out in Atlanta, Georgia against Dayton, and then we'll be back home uh, Wednesday against Central Arkansas. So we'll be looking for that uh, this weekend. That'll be an interesting uh, ball game this weekend. You know, I think that's probably the first real test for this team. Not, you know, not that I know anything about Dayton basketball for this year, but they historically uh, have been a very solid mid-major. And so that is a good, uh, you know, a good opponent for us, a good measuring stick. They are now currently 2-1 and one on the year with a win over Eastern Illinois 
a 66-64 loss to SMU at home, and then a 66-60 winner over Northern Kentucky. Not scoring a ton of points. Ironically, they have scored 66 points in all three of their games this year. So if we can just get to 67, we're probably in good shape. Be back with you guys on Friday. Look forward to being with you. And listen, uh, don't delay your Christmas shopping, whether you're buying stuff from me or the people that I represent or whatever. Uh, Listen, there's a lot of people this year that could use some Christmas cheer. And even if you don't have big gifts or whatever, you know, sometimes your time is more valuable than anything else. And so I just encourage you, let those people that you love know that you love them. Whether it be with a thankful note or anything, and there's just there's so much this year that we could get negative and depressed about. And it's real things. It's not manufactured. There's a lot of things out there that people talk about. They post about on social media and they gas each other up. But listen, it's been a crappy year in a lot of respects. And I'm going to do my best to focus on the positives in that. And I think that one of the things that all of this has taught me, uh, or maybe has reminded me, is how much family means to me and how much my friends mean to me. You know, those times when we could just meet for breakfast and sit around and laugh and joke, uh, those opportunities have been fewer and far between. And so I miss all that. So I'm having to make more of an effort to be a better friend. I'm having to reach out and text people and say, hey, did you hear this? Did you see that? Um, I don't mind doing that. But I think it's important, too, that people need to know that we care about them. You know, I'm, I'm contacting them because I care about them, but I get just as much from the interaction as they do. And so let me encourage you, reach out to your friends and your family, especially those that you can't be with this holiday season, and let them know that you love them. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.